0: God is a God of new beginnings right now. So take a breath. Let go of yesterday's going. Can't do a thing about it. God's mercy is anew every morning. So embrace this day. Lift up your heart. And you and I are going to learn together how to find God right here in this moment in this world. And the word for today is rest. But it may not mean quite what you think it means. The the promise of God is that we can live uh, in confidence together with Him. There is nothing that you can do, stressed and exhausted, that you cannot do better without stress and exhaustion. And that brings us to the climax of the story of creation. All through Genesis 1, we've been going through these six days where God does this amazing work. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array, it says at the end, chapter 2. By the seventh day... God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then the Lord blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now, I want to talk a little bit about this from a world, a book by John Walton called The Lost World of Adam and Eve. John Walton is an Old Testament professor at Wheaton College. Tons of folks are writing great stuff about Genesis these days. We're making new discoveries. They're making new discoveries. I'm not making them. About the ancient world that help us understand the nature of Genesis better. Nobody I know writes about that more clearly, more effectively than John Walton does. So if you want to read more about particularly the first few chapters of Genesis and how to rightly understand them, and discover the way in which they are not at all in conflict with science in our day and so on, just simply based on the nature of the literature, he's your guy. Here's what he writes about the seventh day. Uh, Genesis 1 contains a seven-day account of origins, not a six-day account. Our frequent reference to the six days is at least in part a result of not knowing what to do with the seventh day. What does God resting have to do with creation? Why would God need to rest? What would it mean for God to rest? Does God go to a spa someplace? I have this music station that I like to listen to sometimes. It's a bit embarrassing. The name for it is Grandpa's Nap Time. (laughs) Um, uh, The seventh day is not Grandpa God's Nap Time. It's something different. There's something going on here. I maintain, he writes, that even though people are the climax of the six days, day seven is the climax of this origins account. In fact, it's the purpose of this origins account, and the other six days do not achieve their full meaning without it. Rest is the objective of creation, but It's not rest as we normally think about it, and that has a lot to say to the way that you and I will live our life even this day. John uses the example that Genesis is kind of like uh, the story of how a home is made ready. A family moves in, there's boxes all over the place, it's chaos, furniture needs to be arranged, gotta hang pictures, hang up clothes. Um, decide who's going to be in what room. And then when all of that ordering is done, you don't take a nap. You rest from the ordering work by living in the house and making it your home and enjoying it. Or a bit more to the point, when a king is trying to establish the reign, Um, He may have to overcome enemies and secure boundaries and appoint ministers and build a palace and construct a throne. And then when all of that ordering work is done, the king rests on his throne. Now, when a king is resting on his throne, he's not taking a nap. It's a throne. It's not a a lazy boy. Uh, He is now actually beginning the work of the reign and establishing and building up the kingdom so that everybody can live in peace and joy and so on on the seventh day god is resting on his throne the king is in residence so john talks about this notion of rest in the bible when god tells the israelites he's going to give them rest from their enemies he's not talking about sleep relaxation or leisure time the rest he offers is freedom from invasion and conflict, so they can live at peace and comfort in their daily lives, without interruption. When Jesus invites people, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest, he is not offering nap or a leisure time. In fact, he offers a yoke, which is an instrument of work. He's inviting people to participate in the ordered kingdom of God, where they will find rest. Uh, In the book of Hebrews, New Testament book, if you read through those uh, that book, in the third and fourth chapters, over and over, it talks about, there yet remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Therefore, make every effort to enter into that rest, the writer says so that you don't follow the example of others who perished because of their disobedience. It was their disobedience to God that was the opposite of entering into that rest. One more sentence here. The work that we desist from on the Sabbath, on the seventh day, is that that represents our own attempts to create our own order. I want things to be the way that I want them to be. I want to be on the throne. It is to resist our self-interest, our self-sufficiency, and our sense of self-reliance. The good news of the seventh day is God is resting on His throne. He does that on the seventh day. He's still resting on His throne. That's why what happened on the seventh day, we're still in that day. There remains that rest for the people of God. God is on his throne so I can relax. God is on his throne so I must surrender my ego to him because my ego keep wanting, wanting to edge God out. Ego, edge God out. Get him off the throne so that I can be on the throne. There is a story that was written by Henry of Huntingdon in the 12th century of King Canute, where his flatterers were all trying to tell him what a great king he was and how vast his control was. We all live with this myth or illusion of control, which is both narcissistic and exhausting. And so Canute finally one day actually orders them to bring his throne to the edge, the shore of the ocean. And he gets up and he commands the tide to not come in. But the tide keeps coming in. And when Henry writes about this story, he writes about the water came in and lapped over his feet and his legs, ignoring his royal person. And when that happened, Canute took off his crown, the writing goes, and placed it on a cross, a crucifix, and would never wear it again. So the invitation to rest Um, is not primarily about taking a nap. By all means, if you need sleep, get sleep. But it is much more vibrant, much more wonderful, much more whole than that. It is to live now in God's home, God's house, with God on the throne, where I don't have to carry the burden of outcomes anymore. So I want you to think right now of some situation, some circumstance, something that you have been trying to control that is really in God's hands. And today, um, could be the traffic. Just take a moment and say, I'm not in charge of the traffic, not in charge of the tide, not in charge of time, not in charge of my spouse, not in charge of my boss, not in charge of the stock market. And so, God, now I'm allowing you to be on the throne and I will live together with you. I want to read these words to you from Dallas Willard because this this is Sabbath rest now. This is Sabbath rest. He writes, How many people are radically and permanently repelled from the way by Christians who are unfeeling, stiff, unapproachable, boringly lifeless, obsessive, and dissatisfied? Pause a moment for you to say, ouch. Yet such Christians are everywhere, and what they are missing is the wholesome liveliness springing from a balanced vitality within the freedom of God's loving rule. Now that's entering into Sabbath rest. The wholesome liveliness springing from a balanced vitality within the freedom of God's loving rule. And so, by all means, as it is helpful to have a day a week where you are resting from the stuff that you do to make money, Or practicing digital asceticism, getting away from the screens for a while, being with people that you love to be with, enjoying creation, enjoying God. Yes, 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 yes. That practice was fundamental to Israel. But the rest that God enters into on the seventh day is something other than just um, taking a nap. He is resting on His throne. So this day, surrender. This day, quit trying to tell the tide to come in. This day, take a breath, relax. And when you are resting today, rest and enjoy it. And when you are working today, do that together with God and enjoy it. Enter into Sabbath rest. It's still the seventh day. End of teaching. Beginning of your day with God. Thanks for joining us. My name is Tim, I'm a part of the team here at Become New. If you'd like to receive the emails that go along with each video, you can let us know at becomenew.com slash subscribe. Or if you'd like to receive a text alert whenever we release a new video, you can text the word become to the number 855-888-0444. If you have a prayer request, please let us know. You can text that request to that same number, 855-888-0444. There's a group of us who meet every day to pray over those requests. So we look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.